Hey there, third graders. It's Miss Hayes here with chapter four of our read aloud, Return of the Indian. In chapter three, we had been sort of flashing back. Omri was reminiscing on um, his adventures with Little Bear and Boone and just sort of recapping how all of that happened with the cupboard. And now he's about to go back downstairs and show off his award-winning story. So let's jump right into chapter four. The Sweet Taste of Triumph When Omri came back downstairs with a copy of his story, his brothers were both back from school. Noticing that their parents were fairly gibbering with excitement, they were both pestering loudly to be told what had happened. But, being decent, Omri's mother and father were refusing to spoil his surprise. However, the moment he entered the room, his father turned and pointed to him. It's Omri's good news, he said. Ask him to tell you. Well, said Gillen. Go on, said Adil. Don't drive us mad. Well, it's just that I've won a prize, said Omri with the utmost carelessness. Here, Mum. He handed her the folder and she rushed out of the room with it, clutched to her chest, saying that she couldn't wait another minute to read it. Prize for what? asked Adil cynically. For winning a donkey race? inquired Gillen. Oh, nothing much. It was only a story, said Omri. It was such a long time since he had felt this good... He really needed to drag it out. What story? asked Adil. What's the prize? asked Gillen at the same time. You know, that telecom competition. There was an ad on TV. You had to write in for a leaflet from the post office. Oh, that, said Adil. He went to the kitchen to get himself something to eat. But Gillen was gazing at him. He paid more attention to ads, and he had remembered a detail that Adil had forgotten. The prizes were money, he said slowly. Big money. Omri grunted noncommittally, sat down at the table, and shifted Kitza, who was still there on his lap. How much? pressed Gillen. Mm-hmm. How much? Did you win? You didn't get first prize. Mm, yeah. Gillen got up. No, you, you haven't won 300 quid. Adil's face appeared around the kitchen door, wearing a look of comical amazement. What? What did you say? That was the first that was the <clears throat> that was the first prize in each category. I thought about entering myself. Excitement and envy were in Gillen's voice now, making it wobble up and down the register. He turned back to Omri. Come on, tell us. Yeah, said Omri again. He felt their eyes on him and a great gleeful laugh rising up in him, like the time Boone had done a tiny, brilliant drawing during Omri's art lesson, and the teacher had seen it and couldn't believe her eyes. She thought Omri had done it somehow. This time was even more fun, though, because this time, he had done it. He was sitting watching television some time later when Adil came in quietly and sat down beside him. I've read it, he said after a while. His tone had changed completely. What? Uh, oh, my Indian story. Yes, your Indian story. There was a pause, and then Adil, his exam-passing brother, said very sincerely, almost humbly, It's one of the best stories I've ever read. Omri turned to look at him. Do you really like it? He asked eagerly. Whatever arguments he might have had with his brothers, and he had them daily, their good opinion mattered, Adil's especially. You know perfectly well it's brilliant. How on earth did you dream all that up? Coming from another time and all that? It so well worked out. So, I don't know, you actually had me believing in it. And working in all those real parts about the family? Blimey. I mean, it was terrific. I, uh, now... Don't take this the wrong way, but 
I can't quite credit that you made it all up. After a pause, Omri said, What do you mean? You think I nicked it from a book because I didn't. It's entirely original. Omri glanced at him. Original? Yes, that's what it is. It's original. Well, congratulations anyway. I think it's fabulous. They stared at the screen for a while. Then he added, You'd better go and talk to Mom. She's sobbing her eyes out. Omri reluctantly went in search of his mother and found her in the conservatory at the back of the house watering her plants. Not with tears, to his great relief. She was not crying now, but she gave him a rather misty smile and said, I've read the story, Omri. It's utterly amazing. No wonder it won. You're the darkest little horse I ever knew, and I love you. She hugged him. He submitted briefly, then politely removed himself. When's supper? Usual time. He was just turning to go when he stopped and looked at her again. Something was missing from her general appearance. Then he saw what it was, and his heart missed a beat. Mom, where's the key? Her hand went to her neck. Oh, I took it off this morning when I washed my hair. It's in the upstairs bathroom. Omri didn't mean to run, but he couldn't help it. He had to see the key, to be sure it wasn't lost. He pelted up the stairs and into his parents' bathroom. (sighs) The key was there. He saw it as soon as he went in, lying on the ledge beside the basin with its silver chain coiled around it. He picked it up. It was the first time he'd held it for a whole year. It felt colder and lighter than he remembered. Its twisted top and complicated lock part clicked into place in some memory pattern. And something else clicked at the same time. Something that had been hovering in his mind, undefined, since he read the letter. His story was original. Adil had relieved his mind when he'd used that word. Even if you didn't make a story up, if you had the experience and you wrote about it, it was original. So, he hadn't cheated. But the story wasn't only his. It also belonged to the little men, to Little Bear and Boone, and even to Tommy, the World War I soldier. It belonged to Patrick, too, but if Patrick had decided to deny it ever happened, then he'd given up his rights in it. And suddenly, Omri realized as he looked at the key that his triumph wouldn't really be complete until he'd share it. Not just with his parents and brothers or with the kids at school. No prize, no party could be as good as what he was thinking about now. This was his reason, his excuse to do what he'd been yearning to do ever since that moment when the cupboard door closed and transformed his friends back into plastic. Only with little Baron Boone could he share the secret behind his story. The most exciting part of all, that it was true. He turned, went out of the bathroom, and up the remaining stairs to his attic room. Not for long, he was thinking. I won't bring them back for long. Just long, not long enough to cause problems. Just long enough to have a good talk. To find out how they're doing. Maybe Bright Stars had had a baby by now. What fun if she brought it with her, thought, though it would almost be too tiny to see. Little Bear had made himself a chief while he was with Armory, but when he returned to his own place, his father might still be alive. Little Bear wouldn't like being an ordinary brave again. And Boone, the crying cowboy with a talent for art, a deep dislike of washing, and a heavy thirst, made Omri grin to think of him. Writing about the little men and their adventures had made them so clear in his mind that it hardly seemed necessary to do what he was going to do. And that is the end of chapter four. Stay tuned for chapter five.